What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolton. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Uh, Peter and I are very excited today to have Dr. Jenny Perna with us, the yogi dentist, right? <laughs> yes, yogi dentist, Instagram. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, kind of a funny story how we got connected. I was, um, I guess, uh, on Instagram, I saw that you discovered our podcast, but funny enough, you had actually had a filling done in our office, right? Yeah, I yeah. did. When I was, so I did dental school down in Nova and started to go, you know what? When was the last time I got x-rays? Went to my clinic, took a couple x-rays, realized I had cavities. And you know, like when you know too much, and I was like, yeah. who am I, who am I going to get to fill these cavities? Am I You're like, nobody here, in? no one here. So peace <laughs> <I> out. <laughs> so um, one of my good friends actually recommended your office and so I went over there and got a couple cavities but they look great the fillings look great to this day yeah. that was probably like wait did Craig work ago. on you no, no Dr. Dudley did yeah, yeah. Dr. Dudley did wow yeah but that was my first introduction to how nice your operation is over there cool what year was that do you remember? Oh, geez. It was probably 2000. I could pull your chart, actually. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so it wasn't in the new building. It was in the old building, right? Yes. I don't okay. think I've seen the new building. Okay, cool. Well, I've heard good things down. about it. That's awesome. It's, it's right. such a small it's world. All right. It's all right. It's, it's, it's just all okay. Right. It's just yeah. okay. Yeah, it is a small world. And then, yeah, I, I, I saw that your guys' podcast, and I binge listened to everything. And you, you do? What's been your favorite, stuff. Jenny? I'm going to put you on the spot. Ooh, let's see. If you want to circle back, because I hate when people do it to me, like, hey, what's your favorite this? I'm like, ugh. Yeah, because I'll tell you I listen to your podcast and don't actually listen to it. Like, what's your favorite? (laughs) Like, uh, the one about brown bears you know that one we all talked about that stuff <laughs> yeah the brown stuff that was really cool <laughs> i gotta yeah. be careful with that um, but Jen, you, is there one that's made it like helped you or helped move the needle concept, for you or anything yeah concept Ooh, or anything. i think you know one of the things that i really like and i'm gonna forget the doctors that talked about it but i think it was a lot of looking at the practice in a sense of okay what do you want and what are you going to change to get there and you guys have a lot of insight in terms of like owning your practices and building the practices I think you Mm -hmm. actually had like someone new coming on that was going to be going into owning an office yeah Dr. Trey he was trying to look probably the startup process right Right. And I thought that was really good insight because it's funny. I was actually just talking about with a colleague that, you know, along the way, as we're, as we're going up, growing up, we're told what to do. Like you go to school, you get good grades, then you go to your high school and then you go to your college and then you go to grad school and then you graduate and you're like, okay, well, what's next, you know? And so to, as like, being someone who's been practicing and practicing for like five years, you're always thinking like, what's next? What's the next step? And it's good to hear from people going through that process. It's good to like break it down. And then it was also good to hear from some like other docs. I remember one of the docs was saying, not the same one, he was talking about how like if you want to double your production, then you need to treatment plan more and like Mm -hmm. see the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, as a new doc, you can get really overwhelmed um, as like 
the, the conditions and everything, but if you're looking at the bigger picture, looking at the whole forest, not just each individual tree in that forest, you're going to be able to see more and the patients need it. Mm-hmm. You know, you see those patients that they have just, you know, horrible dentition going on and they're maybe in their later years and it's like, okay, where do we even start? Right. And That's so overwhelming. Able, yeah. Right. And being and able to so- look at the big picture. And then, yeah, and I'm going to touch on that because I think this is amazing what you're saying, is being able to see a big picture. And then most importantly and probably more difficult is being able to communicate that back to the patient in a need-based thing that benefits them, right? Right. Without it being like, as opposed to just getting all dentally and like being like, you've got this, we need to do this gross deprivement and number three in the distal here. Like, right? Like dentists default Mm -hmm. sometimes to like getting real technical because it makes us look smart. Like, oh, doc, you're smart. But that's really at the end of the day, it doesn't move the needle in terms of engagement or, or enrollment. So right. yeah. that's cool. Thanks, a, thanks for that. There's a philosophical dilemma too that I, I just came back from a conference this weekend and there's like a philosophical d- dilemma that needs, to ha- that needs to be resolved as well. And the phil- philosophical dilemma is if you have a patient that has disease and you, can, you have the power to help them fix it, you owe it. There's an injustice if you don't convince them and get them to do it. So you got it because a lot of dentists don't do what they're supposed to do because they have their own needs and fears wrapped up in that. You know, I went to this story brand conference and there's all about the hero and the guide and Pete and I talk about this crap all the time, but dentists want to be the hero and the hero never wins. It's the guide that wins the guide. It's the Yoda. And, and it's our job as, as dentists. To help. How much in your career, Craig, sorry to inject, cause it's important. How much in your career did you try to be the hero? Always. I still Always. try to be the hero. I find myself <laughs> trying to be the hero even <laughs> today. And I'm like, shut the, you know, I just, I like, I like literally, I I've done this twice today in front of people. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I don't want to talk about this. I'm sorry. I, I have nothing to add. Cause I don't, it's not good to be the hero. Everybody's got to be their own hero. But what I was trying to touch on is that if what we do is good. So if you're a good dentist and you've refined mm-hmm. your craft and you've put your time and skill into, into knowing how to take care it's of your people, professional duty, it is your obligation, your yeah. obligation to help patients and tell yeah. them exactly what's going on. Let them make their own decisions, right. but take mm-hmm. yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Don't get this fear of rejection. Just tell them like, listen, you've got malocclusion. You've got an edge to edge bite. Maybe it's not going to happen. Hard, yeah, that's a hard thing. You know, it so is. We go it for the layup. Is. You know, it's human nature says, where's the easy button to go for the layup? I'll enroll the crown of the month. And nah, don't do that. No, I'm no. not saying that, Craig. I'm saying I know, like, I know, but it's so visceral to me. I have to say that don't do that. Okay. I'm talking just, to my, Just talking to make to sure me. we know how you feel. Yeah, I just don't think you should do it. You wow. know, something that you brought up, Craig, that I, I realize is that you know, you have to be able to have those conversations with patients. And our goal is to always explain the condition, explain what's going on and and offer the solutions for it. But it's really, it's the patient's choice. And if we're neglecting something, all we're doing is neglecting. And we're not talking about it because of our own fears. We have to get over those because the worst that is going to happen, the patient says, you know what, I'm not going to do that. And then maybe that tooth ends up breaking. And then you see them again. And they're like, you know what, you were right. I figured this was going to happen. You already Mm -hmm. talked to me about it. And so getting over that hump, um, especially that's something that I've learned more and more just early in my profession of like, you have to be willing to have those conversations, even if you can tell the patient doesn't want to hear it. And also, and, and when you're, when you're young and inexperienced, you, you realize you don't know it all. So you're insecure and you feel the need to have the right answer at a position that I'm at and probably you're reaching it now. I tell patients, I don't know. I feel comfortable telling patients, I don't know. I'm like, you have a crack in this tooth. I don't know if it's going to break. If it was me, I'd fix it. But you, I may tell you to fix it. And 10 years goes by and you're like, oh my God, Craig Spodek was so aggressive. You wanted to fix it. I just don't know. Or it could break tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I don't have all the answers, but I have an obligation to tell you what I see. 
And if right. you know what I know, then you make better decisions about yourself uh, for yourself. So I think Absolutely. it's really important. But Jenny, Absolutely. you brought up something too. Like sometimes they come back later. So maybe a no. And I think so people are so many people are so petrified of a no. Like they spent all this time presenting and it's it's they didn't do it. So that means it's a no. And it's really just not right now. Right. Right. Maybe it's just not right now. Maybe it's maybe it's I need a little more time or whatever. So yeah, reframing the narrative on sometimes what we what we think about um, successes and failures on that aspect maybe. It's cool. So how are you the yogi dentist? Like what's going on there? (laughs) So um, I started that Instagram actually when I moved to Austin. I started it probably in Jacksonville when I was practicing there for a Mm -hmm. couple of years. Um, And it was just a way to get on social media, present myself and kind of break that barrier between doctor and patient of like, we go to the dentist. How many times have we all heard like, I hate the dentist. I hate you. No offense. It's not you, you know, and I wanted to kind of break that narrative and be able to open up more to my patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to just post maybe cases or my life so that my patients could, if they stumbled upon my Instagram prior to meeting me, that they could get to know me a little bit. Um, from there, I evolved it into more of like education. So I mm-hmm. try to touch on certain things, dental, not overload it with dental. I think that the general public doesn't love teeth as much as dentists love teeth. So I um, will talk. Fair assessment. <laughs> exactly. What is that, Craig? I just pulled up a post. <laughs> oh, there it is. There, that was me. That was taken on an iPhone, actually. I know. It's it's uh, it doesn't give me. <laughs> Wait, that was you, Jenny. Yeah. Yes. Those are pictures that I've that taken. That does not look very yogi-ish, by the way. <laughs> well, no, there's no. some other yogi stuff in there. So you'll see that, and then I want you'll to be like, see you more in handstands and stuff. Yeah. Like so that. you'll see this beautiful oh, smiling, there. beautiful smiling face, and like, oh, by the way, I'm or gonna rip like your zen. fucking tooth out. How do you like that? <laughs> zen. Come, zen up, come over. I'm approachable and nice, and I'm into yoga. Oh, and by the way, I'll pull all your front teeth. It's out, like a, a wolf in sheepskin clothing. I know. I think it's. I like her, but I'm scared of her. Right. I don't know what right. It is. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I've been trying to um, move away from as many bloody teeth as I've been posting and move more into um, uh, like cases and cosmetics. You know, the pretty stuff that people uh-huh. like actually want to look at. Yeah, there's so <laughs> such a beautiful feel to your page, and it's immediately oh, disarming you. because you can tell your 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 spirit of who you are comes through into your pictures and. And you know, such as uh, disarming thing, which I think is great because I do believe, unfortunately, most people view the dentist as a horrible thing they have to do. And it, I think it's incumbent right. upon all of us to give dentistry a new name and a new brand. But exactly. but at the same time, when you see that and then you see this, I'm like, oh, shit, that's scary for me. <laughs> You're not seeing it properly. Look at that. Oh, I see it. I see it. Yep, it's like, I, I, will disas- I will disassemble you limb by limb, tooth by tooth, <laughs> and then array it out in an t- artistic fashion for you. But, but just make sure to breathe through all of right, it. Yes, you right, know? right. <laughs> Get your Ayurvedic breathing going. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Pete, I got to I gotta go off on a tangent just for one second. Okay, sure. Just one second, because I always do this. <laughs> so um, are you aware, Jenny, and I'm sorry if I'm boxing you into a stereotype here, but are you aware of prana healing, pranic yeah. healing? Are either yes. one of you aware of this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, from I, a breathing okay. aspect. So I don't understand any of this crap. Right. Pranayama. So exactly. one of, one Thanks, of uh, Tony's people <laughs> is a guy by the name of master Stephen Co. You can follow him on Instagram. Master Co. How do I get that name? I'm tired of doctor. I would like to have master. Would you like master? I, would like master. <laughs> I don't want to be master actually. Cause there's a whole bunch of jokes that could come around that. Oh. Like, so I don't want to be a master. Okay. Anyway. Um, so Master Co came to my office because he needed like a dental checkup. He was here in town or something like that. And 
And I, I did something for him. I helped him out real quick because Tony had a date with Destiny. And I don't know, Peter, if I told you this, but I've been hobbling around for like two weeks. I've had severe knee, knee pain. I don't know what the hell happened. My dad told me when you go to bed fine and you wake up injured, you're officially old. And that should happen to me. I woke up and I fucking couldn't walk. And it's been driving me crazy. So much pain. I can't even sleep at night. Um, and so I, I helped this guy out and I say, Boy. Hey, um, he's like, what do I owe you? I'm like, dude, it's my pleasure. Jenny, but Craig you- does. Craig has the pain tolerance though of a four-year-old. So I'm a guy. A little bit of pain then. <laughs> well, ahead, I mean, Craig, for sorry. me, it was debilitating. Just, Listen, this is a little dramatic, me. but go ahead. No, go ahead. To, no, it was debilitating. No, it debilitating. doesn't matter. Just what like the is. splinter was at my lake house this, this summer. Like, I no, no, no. So I was wakeboarding and my ring cut into my hand. And I had a nice small blister. It, was, it would have been nothing for either of you, but it was debilitating there too because I couldn't wait for it. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, don't try to d- disrupt sorry, my story. It's Craig, actually really cool. It has nothing to do with dentistry, All but right. I'm, I'm just feeling like I just saw your yoga post. Pranayama, go for it. Your hashtags and master, stuff like that. Master, Master Cho. So Master Co. So I oh. said to Master Co, I'm like, hey, listen. He's like, what do I owe you? I'm like, nothing, but could you hook me up with something? I'm like, my knee's been killing me. Um, He's like, yeah, I'll take a look at it. I'm like, well, I'm kind of wearing like long pants. Like, I, I don't know. He's like, no, no. You, do you know what I do? I was like, no, but I know you're Tony's boy. And like, you're going to get on stage with 5,000 people. So if you're master, you're master, master. Yeah. I mean, shit. <laughs> like if you called me master Invisalign. People would be flying in. So anyway, um, so he sits me down and he says, I just want to make you aware of what I do. Um, I don't touch you at all. I just, you know, do something. So it was weird. So he sits me down and I don't know what he does. So I close my eyes because it's kind of, kind of strange to have somebody like doing weird things with their hands. I could feel stuff all around me. And Peter and Jenny, if you told me this story, I would lose all my respect for you. Thank God. Please stop like if, right if Peter, you magic. told me I went to a doctor and said, or a, a Chinese uh, prana healing person and I walked out with my knee feeling fine. That shit happened, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, placebo is a powerful thing, pal. So mindset, you know, you know having now, that mindset. Okay. So, so both of you are saying. <laughs> so he broke is, out his magic got, wand and healed you, Craig. Is I believe you. Say? No, I no, no. Just be, just That's hit bullshit. me straight. Hit me straight here, Peter. I know where you stand. You, you call bullshit, Jenny. Where are you at with this right now? I mean, I believe you don't you. know me, <laughs> but I would never. <laughs> that you would never lie. So, but, I mean, I believe you. I do. I, what I was saying, I truly do think that our mindset and like what we believe really manifests for us. And so perhaps it, it really helped you. I don't have experience within that and it healing any of my ailments. So I guess I can't speak I'm just telling directly. you this guy, like it was like a healing episode from the Bible. Like I walked in, in Nashville, I did four or five days with 15,000 plus steps and it doesn't hurt anymore. And the guy just That's like incredible. waves stuff around me. It's crazy. That's great. So uh, use code Spodak. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> kidding. Nice little segue to an ad. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. That's a total and complete joke. I don't have anything uh, to do with it. It's just amazing. So for those of you who are interested in the course, right? right exactly. Right. No, there's no, there's no plug. He's not. He's not. He doesn't. He's not California. sponsoring the, the podcast, Craig. No, no, none of the following. I don't know what made me think of that. I saw your bloody teeth and I saw your yoga pose. And I just, really what it was is I just haven't talked to Pete in a while because I've been traveling. So I just wanted to get that. And up. the other thing is, Jenny, he can't, he just can't help it. But he'd be like, oh, wait, 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 let me talk about something totally unrelated to this. <laughs> I feel I like it this. added some value. It might be plana dentistry. Jenny, plana dentistry. Any Listen, opportunity I'm, for me to make I'm fun of you is a great ideas. one too. Yeah. You have a toothache. Just breathe. I can't wait. To, <laughs> I can't wait to make fun of you like from this story going forward. So this is great. This is wonderful. Content. So you know what I'm really excited about, Jenny? I'm really excited about um, having a female dentist on. I really think it's important um, just because um, I think, well, I just believe that there's, I want to just talk about it for a second. 
I want to talk about the dynamic that um, I think females have in the workplace and dentistry and healthcare. You know, my daughter, my, my wife works really hard. She's a great role model. She's mm-hmm. beautiful, works out, works hard. She's always worked her whole life. Um, so my daughter is growing up with some, a really good, strong female role model, what you can be if you're everything, super mm-hmm. mom, super wife, super career. And that's, it's really hard. And my daughter said something the other day, like something that it was a sex bias. It was almost like, and my daughter's really strong and very feminine, very powerful, but she said something like that's for boys and that's for girls. It was like when she was six or seven years old, it was a while ago. It wasn't just the other day. So what I'm trying to say is that there is this bias. And I find that, you know, when I meet a, I'll, I'll, I'll invariably meet a hygienist and they'll say, oh, I went to work for this female dentist and she was such a you know, she was so strong and she was bitchy. And I'm like, and I'm just hearing like that same characteristic on a man might be affirmative, strong strength. And, and I just think I want to, I want to salute you for being um, not only, um, you know, a powerful force in dentistry, but a female powerful force in dentistry. I think that deserves a special level because if you say something, I'm a tall man. I say something, people will get upset. If you're, there's biases. Human beings have biases. And I think it's just important that um, to just touch upon what it's like as a female dentist, a female associate, female office, uh, female owner. I want to, I want to hear about your perspective from that. Right. Yeah, no, you bring up some really good points of, of definitely things that I've even noticed being in this profession as a female. Um, I think that, you know, you were talking about how your daughter was saying, this is a boy thing, this is a girl thing. It, this my, I guess my first realization of things might be a little bit different for me is when, you know, going back into dental school. And it always would be a running joke with our friends because anytime someone would see us in scrubs, they would ask if they were a nurse, if we were right. nurses. And no offense to that, nursing is a fantastic career. There's nothing wrong with being a nurse, but it would upset me and my fellow uh, female dental students. And what I've realized is that the reason that it became upsetting was because of any preconceived notion that you may gather from me just from being a female, right? And so um, that has carried on within even the profession. And what I've noticed is it's it's just different, right? We all face challenges in life and being um, a female and trying to be a leader, we can easily teeter on the, you know, men are assertive, women are bitches. And I bet if, you know, (laughs) we could probably pull some of the staff or teammates that I've worked with and they may say the same thing about me. So it's been a lot of character reflection Um, as well, and perhaps a lot of development on my own to be able to be assertive, but continue to have a good working relationship with the team, you know. Um, You also said that your wife is really strong, and I have to give kudos to my mom. She's very similar. She worked her whole life. She was a full-time mom. Like, my mom and dad are still together, so there was co-parenting there, but, you know, there was never a, I can't have it all, or I can't do it all mentality. That's and awesome. I think that's, that. Yeah, and I think that's really trickled into to me pursuing being in this profession, being a leader, and saying, I can have it all. I just have to figure out what it all means to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think it's... Um... It's an interesting dynamic and one that I always think about. Um, my wife has gathers her self-esteem from being productive and stuff like that. So like she's, but, but I do, she, she doesn't like to, she won't talk about it because my wife is just like, I don't, 
I just do like, I don't care. Right. She just, she's just a doer, but, but I, 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 I can sense a lot of pressure on her to be level 10 mom, level 10 wife, cooking dinner, working, working out. So she wakes up at five 30, works out, mm-hmm. cooks dinner in the morning. I wake up smelling like sofrito and garlic. She's, <laughs> she's, she's, she's Puerto Rican. So I'll smell like food for dinner. And I, I just think that you, you add that in. I, ta- I was talking to a female dentist that's in my area. Um, uh, her name is Dr. White, super, super sweet girl. And she has five kids and she's dealing with all the stuff I'm dealing with. And I get this pass. As a guy, I get a pass because my lane is very well. Men have this um, preconceived bias as well. Just all do right. your job, be a man, be blah, 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 get it done, bravado. And like, we just stay within those confines and we're golden. But a woman, you work a little too much and you have a nanny picking up your kids now. Oh, you're like, what are you doing? Like, you're not a good mom. You're too much of a mommy. You're not working. You're a gold digger. It's Mm -hmm. a very tough thing. It's a tough little line. I agree. It is. And and in order to do it perfect, it's really hard. And I think there's a lot of women, especially career women, that probably are struggling with that dynamic. And I do think, you know, it's become a topic now, which I think is the first step, right? And, you know, I don't currently have children, but within the next few years, um, I may be planning to have them. So I've been thinking a lot about that moving forward. Like, what will my work-life balance look like? Um, right. And, and I don't have all the answers, but what something I have noticed, even just with all of my friends having kids and many females that I know in this dental profession that do it all, or it seems like they do it all, they run practices and they have families and they're successful at both, is that at least we're talking about it and we're yeah. not pretending that, oh, we can just handle it all. Don't worry about it. And I think the conversation is becoming more prevalent and it allows for a lot of women to then be able to kind of strategically plan. So I think dentistry affords that opportunity, though. You know, my goal is to set myself up so that if there is any moment where I have to step away some, I'm still able to have my my profession. I've worked really hard for this. You know, I don't really want to leave it on the wayside as I transition into motherhood. And so to be able to be in a career that affords me that opportunity is, is really important. And my goals in the next couple of years are to really set myself up to potentially have some passive income. So that way I don't have to be chairside every second of every single day to be able to, to raise my family. At the end of this year, we'll be entering in the year 2020. 2020, everyone associates with perfect vision. Wouldn't it be cool to start your year off with perfect vision and clarity for your practice's trajectory? Heck, even other aspects of your life? We are doing the summit early in the year for this very purpose. As practice owners ourselves, we are bringing tips and processes that helped grow our practices to scale. Learn from people who have done it, not just preach about it. So join us in Houston at the St. Regis, February 28th and 29th. We've negotiated amazing nightly room charges at $179. Even if you've been to a summit of ours before, do not miss this one. We're going to be focusing on digital marketing, including social media. Hope to see you there. So Jenny, touch upon like how that affects your particular views of associateship versus ownership and stuff like that. How does this equation fit uh, or this thought fit into this, that equation? 
Well, I've been an associate for five years and it's something that I very much have enjoyed and I've learned and I've grown and there is ownership going to be in the future. Um, at least that's where my mindset is. And I think that does offer opportunities. Now on the flip side, it also brings up concern, right? Because then you have another baby, you have your yeah. office baby. And yeah. so, you know, having to strategically plan that my, my fiance and I have had many conversations about this. Um, he's an orthodontist. And so we're both in the dental profession and what we we've talked about is you know where can we we gain the help will it be with nannies will it be with parents you know um will my schedule you know i still work but perhaps we cut some days short so i can go see the kids um can I've i ask worked, you can yeah. i ask you a question jenny so yeah, why, why why do you want uh, i heard you say talk about freedom and passive income are those the drivers for you wanting your own autonomy of of your own practice? No, no. I'm a very independent person. Mm -hmm. I always have been. And practice ownership has always been in my sights even before starting dental school. Uh, when, I, when I was picking a career, it's actually funny. I was talking to my brother and I had mentioned a career that I wanted to maybe pursue. And he's like, I just don't think that's for you. You don't like being told what to do. Yeah. I like to have my own narrative. And yeah. so I can, I like celebrating my successes and, and the, the successes that and come on me and, yeah. and I honor my failures and mm -hmm. I can take full ownership for them. But what I don't like is feeling failure based on others decisions. Being in charge. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that's yeah. a great, you know, it, uh, the reason I ask you that is I ask a lot of people that because, and Craig and I push on people a little bit for, you know, sometimes we get into this copy and paste narrative of like, well, I, I want to practice because like they told me that that's how you get X, Y, and Z or do whatever. Yeah. And it's really, you have to be really, your, your why has to be super powerful, right? right. With, with, um, with what you're doing it. Cause there's going to, it's, it's not, <laughs> Some people have this myth that like, I'm going to get my own practice. I'm going to make more money. Well, actually, that's not always the case. Sometimes <laughs> exactly. it can be. And, and in time, you know, it, that gets better and better. But like from the get, you have to be prepared from, you might have a year or two without pay actually right. in certain right. instances. It just depends. So I, I don't know. I, did, I love having these conversations because I think it's important to expose things for what they are. Um, and sometimes well, being an associate is the best thing. And sometimes ownership is the best thing. It depends. But you have enough self-awareness is what I'm gathering from you. You know who you were prior to dentistry. And so you have enough self-awareness to say, hey, I'm not going to be a very good second in command because I want to own the successes and I want to honor the failures. Like you said, right. honor the failures. Um, it's almost like, Craig, that's what Master Cho would have liked that, honor the failures. <laughs> yeah, Master Cho likes that. I think so. Um, Master so Co, you have enough self-awareness. I think that's a massive, massive component of, of you know, your vision so but as i also do think there's a human we have a fatal flaw um in that we we pursue Speak goals we all do i see it enough <laughs> i have enough people in my circle i see this re resoundingly this recurring theme in human psychology of you you pick a goal you achieve the goal and you get it and you're unfulfilled and i i just think that like you spoke about jenny you said i was on this track I went to this, I was to do this, I was doing this. And now all of a sudden the rail track just opened up into a trifurcation and whatever, a, a deck of whatever, 10 different routes. Right. I was about to say a decafurcation. I like that. <laughs> that route is decafurcated. So a 10 different routes of like, okay, what's next? And then somewhere along the line, someone, you came up with an idea of I should be an owner because I like to honor my failure. That's a narrative you made for yourself as well. And right. that's a narrative I made for myself somewhere along the line. I'm like, I'm going to build this 18 operatory, blah, 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 blah. And fuck all y'all. That's like, it must've come into my head at some point. 
Right. And then I got here and if you've read the book or listened to stuff and I was like sitting at this very desk crying my eyes out. And so I pursued a goal that I didn't quite understand. I, I just kind of did it. Mm-hmm. And, and it took a lot of re- resolution of conflict and understanding to realize why did I want to do it? And the reason why I did it, the apparent reason was really an internal reason that was expressed differently. So what does that all mean? That just means that just you don't really know your own self as well as we all think. And that's what sets ourselves up as an internal fatal flaw. We pursue goals that we think are going to be happy. I have a buddy of mine that just exited a company. He's freaking miserable right now. He's making 200 grand a year and he now makes 500 grand a year and has like 8 million in the bank. So for a guy making 2 million a year at 60 years old, he's doing really well and he has no fulfillment left. He's turning into a total jackass. Right. So I just think it's important for all of us to, to think about that. We're all susceptible to that, to that fatal flaw of of pursuing something that we don't really want or or love. And I just, um, I hear that a lot. The point that what you were saying is we, we work towards these goals, right? And I think the issue and the problem is that we look, we look towards tangible goals Mm. and then we receive that tangible goal and we go, huh, that didn't bring me happiness. All right, right. So what's the next thing? Keep going. Or yeah. Exactly. Or what's next? What's next? What's next? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, what I try to do is set goals that are never attainable, right? Kind of something that is a fairyland idea. So I use the word freedom. Well, what does that mean? Well, if I want to go ahead and take a trip, have I worked hard enough to be able to go and take that trip and be able to decompress because travel is important to me? Um, And I'm continually thinking about those goals, actually, to bring it back to yoga. Yoga really helps that. And Mm -hmm. I've learned that through yoga is that I don't really know myself that and also talking to a therapist every few weeks of like truly trying to understand myself so that I can be. Jenny, would you feel comfortable telling us or the audience of what drove you to seek the therapy? What was the, what was the. Yeah, I'm an open book. And and feel free to say, yeah, I I don't, I always ask you to apply. I think this is beautiful. No, I'm very, very open. I initially had started therapy. um, Well, first I've always been interested in therapy. I I used to think I wanted to be a psychiatrist. So it's always been something that's been very interesting to me, the the human psyche. Um, And then, yeah. And um, then in, in dental school, I sought out therapy. I was going through a really tough breakup and that was probably my first experience at therapy. And what I had realized during that was, holy cow, I don't really know myself. Kind of like what you were saying is, why am I having liberating. These, it is. Why am I having these reactions? What is causing all of this? And how do I move on from it? Um, I had taken a little bit of a break with therapy. And over the years of not speaking with a therapist, I realized that a lot of stuff would just come up and maybe I wasn't handling it in the way that I wanted to. Um, Maybe I wasn't developing relationships in the way that I wanted to or being authentically myself in the way that I wanted to. And so I um, sought out therapy again and it's been monumental. I would say in this last year um, working, I have been faced with a lot of instances where I went home and said, wow, I could have done better. And that was a really hard spot to be in. And what I realized is you sometimes have to seek that professional help to be able to talk through things. So just a quick question, that thought of I could have done better, does that mean I'm not proud of the way I acted today? Or does that mean, I I just want to know what that means to you because I want to, I want to. You know what it really actually was is that I was, in this last about year and a half, I've been faced with the challenge of being 
a very prominent leader in the practice. So, um, and there were moments where with the team where I felt, you know, I probably could have had a better conversation about that, Mm -hmm. or uh, we could have handled that a little bit better, gotten to a better resolve. Um, I'll say like when I was working at a couple of offices in, in Jacksonville, there were some really strong leaders in position. And so what I found was I was very heavily relying on them to lead. And I was able to kind of walk in and do the dentistry. Contrarily, now I felt like I was in a position that it was time to up my leadership skills. And in my time in being um, a dentist, I've really gotten good at my dental skills. And now is the time to really, really focus on how to be an effective leader for the team and create the culture that you're really looking for in the dental office. That's, that's cool. Great. I, that I've had, I think had that's a lot it, of growth you're, there. Just, and you're, speaking, you're speaking of high emotional intelligence and that's a great thing. I mean, the, the curse of, of being aware, but also the blessing of being aware. Like I've got, right. I've gotten home so many days, so many, so many days where I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I did that. I love, that's the, hence the reason of the zip it. Like I just, I, I've gone through enough pain to, you know, my goal is I want to make everybody feel better. And sometimes you say things and you mean them one way, but they land on somebody else. And there's right. two ways to look at that. I mean, communication is really your fault, no matter what. So if someone's upset with you, you communicated poorly. You know, right. you, the most, the best people in the world, the people that have the highest quality of life are the people with the highest level of communication. And it's just, it's a never ending process. I was just curious about like yeah, what drove no. you to that. Of course, of course. And then there's, no. there's therapy, but there's also like training. So what training are you doing? What leadership training are you doing? Well, I try to read books. I really try to go to that a lot. I've also talked with my therapist about a lot of opportunities in which maybe I could communicate or, um, maybe stiffle emotion. That's something I noticed too with the, with females in the profession, notoriously men are more problem solving. Females can bring more emotion in. And that mm-hmm. comes from doctors, team members, patients, doesn't matter. And to be able to work through those emotions, make sure that they're not controlling behavior, but rather acting in a sound mind to be able to make the uh, appropriate decision making decisions uh, (laughs) um, basically to get to the solution quicker and that's been mainly my biggest goal of this year is making sure that we're communicating you're so right it does come out to communication and how you communicate with your partners like at home is not going to be the same way that you communicate to your assistant to your office manager everyone has personalities and they communicate and receive information differently and so that's been a lot of work that I've actually done with my therapist um and then other than that yeah I try to you know read books along the way um that kind of help with that good to great or uh, my fiance read one about like emotional intelligence and everything and we'll try to share at the dinner table and and go over those things that's awesome yeah good to great was a really good book that's awesome Really good book. I think my favorite quote is you got to get the right people in the right seats of the bus yeah. <laughs> and then you drive the bus. <laughs> exactly. And just because in the wrong seat doesn't mean they don't belong on the bus. You right. Know what I mean? You just have to find the right seat and then they excel and then yeah. the, the office or the team excels. Yeah. And then in my office, I know Pete um, has a slightly different dynamic, but I have a very female, uh, predominantly female environment, mm-hmm. mostly female team, mostly female doctor. So it's, um, it is you have female energy. So it's, it's perfect. It's- <laughs> so it works out really well for you. Yeah. 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 
I mean, listen, we have a female guest on, so it's probably a compliment. But it I mean, really is. Listen, exactly. we, all, we all do have masculine and feminine energy and the truly effective communicators access all of it. You have to access all of it. But Greg, that is why you like you really are a great communicator, right? In, not only not only just in in clinical stuff. See, how, see, how I have to Jenny, I bust on him, and then I come back right, right, this, right. Yeah, because he feels hurt. He feels hurt. I do. I'm like, yeah, that probably yeah, exactly. Like, he's so part sensitive. of our bromance. It's, it's like how it's how guys express their love for each other. <laughs> right, oh, yeah, exactly. You, they have to punch each other. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, you have to uh-huh, like shrug it off. The bush a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll just have no problem. Like Peter, I love you, man. You're always there. For me. I love you, bro. Like, oh, stop, this makes me uncomfortable. Stop this. <laughs> so what else, what other stuff are you doing? And obviously how many days a week are you practicing? You're teaching yoga as well or wait, just practicing? Wait, I have a question yeah, that yeah. I've been waiting to ask. Yeah, sorry. I'm dominating. The so course. no, it's okay. It's, it's good. Um, your morning routine, like yes. you, so how long of a, two questions, I guess, what is your routine? And then what advice can you give for someone who is doing nothing, right? Like how do they eat mm-hmm. the elephant? Um, one bite at a time and like incrementally, like what's the best use of five minutes in the morning? Okay. Well, I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning um, and I either do a workout. We have a gym at our house we made. Mm -hmm. It's called the Iron Molar. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a flag up and everything. Little reference to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, how could you tell? My fiance is obsessed with the rock. Well, I don't know your fiance, but if it's the iron, uh, <laughs> yeah, iron yep, Mola. it's yeah, it's a play off of the Iron Paradise for sure. Yeah. But yeah, we named it the Iron Molar. Uh, we have a Doberman too, so he needs a lot of exercise. Wow. So it's nice to have that home gym. So I either work out there, or I'll go to Pilates. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always for isn't me, it Pilates? It's Pilates, isn't it? I'm so, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to tune out for a second. (laughs) So we, um, or I'll go to Pilates or I'll do something. So I get questions a lot of times, maybe on Instagram. It's like, well, when are you finding time to work out? And what I find is that if I do it in the morning, there's no excuse in the afternoon. You know, we all have those days where like, we're just beat down. All we want to do is maybe veg out go to bed early, like not have to like focus on working out. And then it becomes a cascade effect of days after days of not working out. So that's my, my very first thing that I'll always do in the morning. Um, from there, I try to get ready quickly to get to the office. Um, and usually I'll try to put on a podcast or an audio book that'll kind of set the tone for the office. Um, and anything that I maybe learned via the podcast or audio book, I'll try to bring into the office in terms of a talking point at huddle or something that we can um, focus on for the day or the week ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I have in the past tried to meditate in the morning. I find that's really helpful. It gives a good, nice little mindset. You ask what's a good thing someone could do for five minutes. And it's just to meditate, clear your mind. We get really, really busy during the day and not too many moments to ourselves. And so to really sit there with yourself in silence and be able to calm the mind really gives a good energy for the rest of the day. Uh, But I would say do something good for yourself when you wake up and not immediately look on Instagram or at your emails or anything that's technology because that can easily put us in a a different mind space that we don't want to face the day with. Yeah, more of a a shot of adrenaline or flight or flight reaction in the morning from looking at your email. Um, I heard a really interesting statistic about – Another study that just came out, of course, you can do a study that matches any outcome you want, but there's some good data from what I'm understanding about just like how people feel before and after Instagram specifically. 
and mm-hmm. overall just across different genders and different socioeconomic um, variety, uh, you have a less fulfilled, less happy feeling after, which is so mm-hmm. interesting. It's so addictive and you're not, and you're not happy. So it's an interesting, uh, right. it's a perfect drug actually. Well, it can easily, it can easily feel overwhelming. Um, I've actually, you know, heard of a lot of things and, or I'll get messages and, and people will say, and a lot of times it's like younger docs or people in dental school and they're like, how do you do it all? And I'm like, well, I don't always do it all well. You know, like we put on Instagram, our highlight reel and what we want to show to the world, but Mm -hmm. I'm not putting it on here, all my failures, you know, we, no one wants to really see that, or maybe we do, maybe we need to start showing our failures, but I think it's easy for people to feel overwhelmed. And I've, I've even felt overwhelmed at times. You know, there's a lot of dentists and docs on Instagram and you'll read the captions or you'll see the work and you're like, man, they're so good. Like, I want to be that. And it immediately can put you in a bad mindset or it can motivate you. And, you know, success leaves clues. What have they done? How have they gotten where they've gotten? So it could be twofold, but um, I can easily see the trap of falling into negative mindset and, and again and like negative talk from um from instagram yeah i think it's um it it, it gets us looped in because it's community and human beings mm-hmm. crave community and camaraderie but it's it's a false community it's not right. your community these are people that many of them you don't even know and right. when they're you're sitting behind a keyboard or behind a screen you get some pretty you get some pretty aggressive comments because people would, would say things to you um, on through Instagram, they never have the ability or confidence to say in your face. Um, I did something really cool. I was at, in, in Nashville this weekend, and uh, I don't know why I'm going so fucking tangential today, but I guess I always do. But we, ha- I went to this place called Monell's. It was a Southern diner, and I didn't know. I just looked it up on Yelp, and it was really well rated. So I went over there with Norm because we were, we were there together, my buddy Norm. And uh, I get there, and it's communal tables. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting with like a twelve. Nope. 12 person no African American beautiful family with the kids and the grandkids and the patriarch of the family and it was so beautiful and you're like hey pass the corn pass this but and I was just thinking to myself I actually said to everybody imagine if we all had to required to eat dinner with just random families just different people from all walks of life I said the world would be such a better place because mm-hmm. you're not allowed to use the phone at Monell's you can't right. even have your phone at the table why are you rolling your eyes this place sounds horrible <laughs> Well, it's I hard. It's a hard hump to get over to like, so, you know, the sensory so, show. I'm going to go on and give it bad Yelp reviews right now. You no, but it was saying. so freaking awesome. It was so inspiring for me to be at this table and be with all these different people. There's one girl, she was from Australia. She was traveling the world by backpack. And Norm, I lean over to Norm, I'm like, hey, dude, let's, let's just get up and go pay for the whole bill, pay for everybody. And then we'll not even let them know who did it. Mm-hmm. So I go out to the bathroom and I give the guy my card and they're like, you want to, they couldn't understand. Like you're making a big scene. Like just, I want to take care of the bill and don't tell them I did it. So I sign the credit card and I come back and everybody's like, I'll break it up. Like, Hey, nice to talk with y'all. And like, let's get the check. And like, when are y'all, when are y'all paid for it? And I'm like, Oh, I wonder who it was. We just walked out, but it was the most beautiful thing because it was real community. It was real community. And that's what we all need. We all need that no matter what level you're at. We all need, we all crave community. I know at my level, I crave community. I have very successful, super successful friends. They are dying for community and mm-hmm. we don't have that. And I think Facebook, Instagram, and those areas that we can actually feel the, the nuances of community don't really have it. And that's the, that's the trap. That's why it leaves you less frustrated, more frustrated. 
And I can, I can definitely see that. I do. I was just at the DIA conference though. And I do have to give credit for the fact of what it, it, it does have the pen, potential to do right you get together and I, you guys were there last year am i correct mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so um it was awesome yeah it's great and and it is those stepping stones for the community but it, to be able to gather and actually get to know each other beyond their instagram handle is where the real beauty and and essence of instagram can be beneficial right right and it's so, the tool to get to right. community it's not exactly. the community in and of itself that exactly. makes perfect sense yeah. But that it's, takes a lot of heavy lifting on those guys that are doing oh, DIA. Oh, for sure. No, it was, it was a, another really great conference. They they really knocked it out of the park again. And it's in Atlanta next bloody, year. I congratulated, I um, I congratulated uh, Bloody Tooth Guy his coming out party. Oh, I know. What a yeah. big, big, big deal. That was awesome. <laughs> Craig, you know, DIA is in uh, Atlanta next year? It um, is. Yeah, I'll be there. I'd love yeah. to be there. You should come watch me speak, Craig. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> you would do really well. I'll heckle you. Awesome. I've already been invited, so I figured you'd, I'd give you a front row seat there, pal. So, there so, so tell me, though, what, um, what would be uh, any advice that you're giving to one of the people that follow you on Instagram or someone that's uh, listening to this podcast? What's the one thing that you'd like to talk to them about or give them a piece of advice, if you could? I think that it's a topic that I kind of touched on with younger docs getting like overwhelmed is that just don't get overwhelmed. Take, take your goals. Look at where you are today, right? You know, maybe it's your first day in private practice or a group practice. Look where you are, see what goals and, and what you need to accomplish as a doctor. Do you need to learn more in your field? Seek out those CEs of the topics that you enjoy. So for me, I like surgery, I like cosmetics, and I really, again, want to see the bigger picture more and more. So I'm finding mm-hmm. those CEs that are going to give me that education. And take yourself day by day. Don't look at the people on Instagram and think, oh my gosh, they just had this all overnight, right? (laughs) Understand that they started from a certain position. They too, while they walked in our first day of private practice and was like, oh my gosh, this is so many patients. Like, how do I do all of this? And then I have hygiene checks. (laughs) Or there's no patients, whichever one you were. (laughs) Well, that is true. I guess I was the opposite where I I went into a high producing office. So it was Mm -hmm. like, all right, we got to do some work. You know, I think I spent my very first day in private practice. I was there until about 9 p.m. at night because I couldn't Jeez. get the steric. I was doing a root canal and crown with a steric and milling unit same day. And I was just slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just slow. And thank God for that assistant because she was the the rock star of that day. She kept me together but it, it was eye-opening of like you just have to grow every single day and not let yeah. everything overwhelm you and as my trajectory has happened I've gotten more and more comfortable within the dentistry I still have a boatload to learn and grow but then I started to like we talked about focus on my leadership mm-hmm. and I think a lot of our successes in this profession will stem from our leadership, how we lead ourselves, how we lead our, our team, how we lead our patients. It all stems from our communication and our ability to lead. And those skills we don't really get from dental school, right? We don't learn that. So taking in, right. So taking it upon yourself for personal growth, whatever that looks like and making sure that you're dedicating time and effort for your growth. And inevitably, I think you'll see your relationships and your career kind of take off from there. 
That's great advice. That's awesome advice. Yeah, and what you've been doing is, you know, no, no different than your clinical skills. And people think that leadership is not one of those things. You have to flex that muscle the same way right. that you would do, you know, just like you would your business acumen. You have to t- you have to get at bats. You have to take reps. You have to figure. You have to make some accelerated mistakes. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, mistakes, which are accelerated learning. So, um, but I think, I think a lot of people are just like, well, I just want to know like the paths. I don't want to make these mistakes. I'm like, it's inevitable. Like you're just going to, and that's okay. You learn most from that. You yeah. know, if you look at all your successes, you just think like you're the best ever. I was actually watching, um, the documentary last night, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Did you guys happen to catch it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. I recommend it. But, um, I think it was Belichick and he was like, you know, those seasons where you're just winning all season, you, you kind of wish you had a loss. Because then mm-hmm. it makes you realize that it won't always go perfect. And it was like, that is so true. It sounds <laughs> like a Belichick Brady thing to say. Like, well, of course of you course. get to say that. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the most winningest team ever. Sure. Of course. Jerks. Of course. But, you know, the tone of it is that you're going to learn from your failures. And, and as I was saying before this year, my leadership has been slapped in my face. And there were definitely moments where I felt like a failure. But looking back, I'm like, thank goodness, because now I know how to have those tough conversations. I know how to approach them so that next time we can have a better result. Hey, how far is Austin from Houston, guys? It's a hike. A few hours. It'd be cool to have you. We have our summit coming up on February 28th and 29th over in uh, Houston. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to be there. Jenny, do you know any dentists who want to be really rich and successful? I don't know one. Okay. I'm just kidding. I think every single <laughs> do you, one. Do right? you know any dentists that want to hire non-dentists to charge them thirty-five thousand dollars and not make them any money? Yeah, definitely. I know. I know a lot of. I know. Do you a know a lot of those? A few that are looking for some consultants. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that. Yeah. So we are coming to your neck of the woods. Um, yeah. We actually just had a call today. It's getting exciting because we've got. Anyway, it's just cool. That's one of the. That's really the only thing that Craig and I do. Um, from a from an outside the podcast standpoint, mm-hmm. um, but it's really cool because you get to then you know you, you, just like you were talking about like the relationship with DIA and kind of you know they did it right. We get to kind of track the people who are now in our ecosystem, and it's really cool. Of course, yeah, that's um, cool. No, I've yeah. heard good things about it from last year. Actually, one of my friends in Dallas reached out and he's like, "Are you going to be going?" I was like, "Yeah, I want to." And now I think my fiance wants to go too. So hopefully, yeah, cool. we'll we'll make it that way. It's in February, right? Yeah, we actually have a hygiene track too, which is really cool. Um, we're oh, just developing nice. that. So Pete and I were actually talking about this morning. We're doing a 10 times guarantee on the hygiene. So if you're a hygienist, if you buy a separate ticket for your hygienist and she doesn't produce 10 times more uh, in the next six whoa, months. Whoa, whoa, wait, 10 times more than the cost of going to the summit. No, no, 10 times more. So if they do 20,000 a month, <laughs> we have your hygienist doing $200,000 right, a month. Exactly. Your exactly. hygienist will great. be out producing <laughs> most oral surgeons in there your neighborhood. Be, they would be you heard it out the door. You heard it here first, kids. You yeah. <laughs> if your hygienist doesn't do 10 times more, we'll give you your money back. No, <laughs> exactly. So if a hygienist doing like $1,000 a day, she needs to do $20,000 a day. Perfect. Or 10000 right? Easy. <laughs> no, but it's 10 times more than what you caught the cost of bringing that we give you the money back. But we're excited about it all. This is very cool for us. And I just, uh, the Audible came out, Pete. You heard the Audible, right? Yes. And actually, you can get it for the price of a cup of coffee. Did you set the pricing, by the way? No, I think you can't. Literally, Amazon does that. But how did Amazon the gods at the Amazon. There's, well, go, there's three gods are ruled by Amazon, Facebook, and Google. So, Jenny, Craig yes. read the audiobook, which I was kind of like, I don't know. Maybe we should get a professional. But then he, like, I heard the, the sample and he clobbered it. Like, I was so happy when I heard it because I was awesome. like, I would have done horrible and he crushed no, it. No, it's a torturous process. Yeah. Jenny, if you I'm write a sure. book or when you write a book, most likely, 
do not do the audible yourself. No. I'm like, oh, I'm going to bang this out. everyone likes to hear the author talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I <laughs> thought I'm going to go Craig, in there. That's Craig's metaphorical splinter. He doesn't have very big pain tolerance. Oh, yeah, that's right, so right. bad. It was so bad. It was like, my point energy's is, bad. Reread that. I'm like, I reread it so many times. And I have to, it was, it was not Jenny, fun. so I get on and I look and I'm like, awesome. Like, cool. You know, uh, maybe we're, you know, we'll recoup some of the cost of writing this book. Maybe the right. audible is awesome. I look at and Craig sets the price at four dollars eighty seven cents. Okay, like, that's that's a Starbucks. No, 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 I didn't set no, it. It's way better for me to say you set it and me blame you than okay, uh, than yeah. Amazon. Yeah, so you're welcome, everybody. Four dollars and seventy five cents. <laughs> so cost me like, like a right, grand of studio Starbucks, time and like Starbucks tri- triple venti or change your life. Which one? Pick it. You know, it's a hard choice. No, Every dentist on the planet bought a copy of our book. We make 33 cents per copy. So we would actually break even if every <laughs> dentist on the planet, like the, the, the Zimbabwean dentist that doesn't speak English, or actually we have a Zimbabwean No, he does dentist. speak English. And he does. A, Speaking of he, which, I got to listening do, right I have now. One house great offense item. to that, Craig. I'm so sorry, buddy. No, I, no, I didn't mean Zimbabwe. He's awesome. I meant, we can uh, talk to him. Yeah, it's true. We should get him on the podcast. What's dentistry Zimbabwe like? actually is very proper English, as a matter of fact. It's true. It's, a Brit- it's British. It's originally yeah. British. Um, I do have one Mains shout language, out. language, I think. I have one shout out. Ready? So Ready. this guy, his name is Dr. He said, hey, can you mention me? His name is, uh, his first name is Erhan, and his last name is Tatlittle. Erhan Tatlittle. He practices in Victoria, British Columbia. He's like, dude, will you mention me? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Great. Erhan, you're on, man. Thanks Wait. for uh, listening to our podcast. Thanks for all the good stuff that you've said about uh, us. Wait, on, what? Yeah. Is that really, did you just really give a shout out from I did. Instagram? I did. I just did it. We can edit it out if you really. If sorry you guys... for wasting everyone's time with that. Um, back to I our don't know. I just felt. I'm just kidding, Craig. <laughs> did I? Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, it feels good for some people. Jenny, I'm glad to connect. Yes. You're, you're an amazing you. human, I can just tell. Thank and um, I wish you all the, the, all the luck in the world. I hope to see you in, in February. And, uh, can't wait for the Yogi Dennis book to come out because oh. I need some more mindfulness in my day. Yeah, you, you know, do. I think we all do. I, do. I think we all do. Craig, did you just say, yeah, you do? <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean, there's mindfulness around your friends. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Peter. Uh, Jenny, it was awesome. So, so happy to have you on here. Thanks for spending the time with us and giving your wisdom to the people that are listening. It's, it means a lot. We have to stick together. Dentistry is scary. It's a lonely place sometimes. And, and having and sharing stories that are um, vulnerable and intimate, the ones you shared, are, are helpful. It needs all. to be more of a communal table, right, Craig? Of course. Exactly. Of sharing. And actually, I just need you to pay my bills, too. I, I do, Peter. <laughs> No, that's true. You do. You do the heavy lifting. But um, I do want to thank you guys for having me on and inviting me on and just letting me have the space to kind of talk on whatever kind of came up to mind. Um, I hope that some young dentists can hear this and, and have some tips and tricks to move and, forward. And to our other podcasters out there who are possibly listening and, and, and sniping, I'm just kidding, just listening. <laughs> um, Jenny bought a headset just for today. And oh, I, I hate to think that this was the only time that she gets to utilize <laughs> no, this headset. She's, she's on podcasts all the time. No, she's not. Seen, she told me she wasn't, correct? I have hey. not all the time, but I have been on another few podcasts, but I did notice that your email said an external mic was ideal. So I Amazon Prime this to the house at wow. midnight last night. Wow. Yeah, thank goodness yeah, looks, for Amazon You've got a right? little bit of a Princess volumes. Leia thing going on right now. You know, now I do. I because do. Because it almost looks like the Leia, Princess Leia hair thing. And the, <laughs> right. the Lululemon side zip does oh, look yeah. a little. It, it, I oh, like you're that. not lying. You're not lying. No, That's actually amazing. funny. One of my patients said I look like I was from uh, Star Wars with this jacket, too. This is amazing. We need to screenshot <laughs> yeah. this. It, could, it this. could be. It could be Star Trek, too, though, right? <laughs> 
Right. It could be Do Star Trek. Do me a favor. When we close, would you Good. say like Captain's Log? Seven, five, <laughs> three, seven. <laughs> Can we end this with that oh, yeah, Star Wars cool. theme though? Yeah, yeah please. Tell her what to say. Okay, what theme. do you want me to say? Just, I don't know. What's, I, I'm not a Trekkie. I don't know the stuff. I just I'm wanted to really end it with something. And I want, I, no, I don't. I think you got more well, of a Star you, Wars. You obviously just confused Star Trek and, and Star Wars, by the way. She looks futuristic is what I'm trying to say. I'll take She's it. The future of dentistry right yeah, here. Right there, there, right there. <laughs> All right, Jenny. All right, everybody. Right, Over and out. Thanks for tuning in. All and we'll right. catch you next time. Awesome, Thank guys. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. If you've got any value or insight from today's episode, we ask for your help. First, review us on iTunes. It creates awareness to help others find us, and it literally takes like five seconds. Second, if you want to stay in touch with announcements and updates, text the words BULLETPROOF, all one word, to 345345. We promise not to bombard you with spam text. Also, don't forget to check out our upcoming summit, 2020 registration page at bulletproofsummit.com. We're going to be focusing on digital marketing, including social media. Do not miss this one for real. Thanks y'all.